Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So as you know, we're in the middle of this series. This is, will be part two, and we're going to probably go for another couple more weeks uh, with this series. But as I was preparing for this series and really praying about uh, how, to, how to dive into this section, um, I really believe that there is a lot more that we as Christians or believers uh, could tap into um, that we're not tapped into. There's much more that God wants to do in our lives. How many believe that? There's more that God wants to do in us, but more importantly, there's more work that God wants to do through us, and there's a lot more that he wants to accomplish uh, through us, but there's something stopping us. There is something that is holding us back. There is something that is standing between you and that thing that God wants to do in your life. What is that? I I don't know. We're We're going to take a look at that, but... But to which I say, we need to break through. Everybody say, break through. We need to break through. We talked last week, and we said there's a lot of different things we could say, yeah, I need to break through. I need to break through in my family. I need to break through in my finances. I need to break through with my crazy kids. I need to break through on the job. I need to break through with my spouse. And the church said, no way. I <laughs> just, just want to see who's going to talk. There's, a, there's, lots of different, there's lots of different breakthroughs that we could agree we need. But the most important breakthrough that you and I need, and if we would get that breakthrough, everything else would fall into place, and that's called a spiritual breakthrough. If we have a spiritual breakthrough, all that other stuff would fall in line. All the money issues, all the issues with our kids, all the issues with our crazy, our crazy job and, 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 and crazy boss and all those things, if we get a spiritual breakthrough, the other will fall into place. And I'm not necessarily talking about lost people being saved or lost people uh, coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about Christians who were saved but not set free. That was the title of last week's message. If you missed it, I encourage you to, to go listen because you can be saved and be bound. You can be a believer and be bound, saved and not set free. You can be saved and stuck. Unfortunately, there are many, many Christians, I believe and, and know this to be true, that are battling with the same issues they've been battling for years. Anybody in the house? I mean, the same, same crazy things that just make you go crazy. That stuff. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all got any of those things? Just, just if it happens one more time, my head's just going to be like, spin around. I, 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 but, but see, you can, there's one thing, there's a difference between a struggle, that's something you struggle with, but you overcome. But if you keep having to walk with that struggle... Year after year, it's no longer a struggle, it's a stronghold. It's, 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 got something, it's got something around you that is preventing you from being all that God wants you to be and receiving all that God wants to give to you and I. It's called a stronghold. It's a stronghold that I believe needs to be broken in the name of Jesus. Because we all agree, there are things that God wants to do in us, there are things that God wants to do through us and for us, but there's a stronghold or there is, there is something that needs to be broken through. It must be broken in the name of Jesus. There's a lot of Christians that battle with anger. I'm quick to just fire up. I'm, I'm, God's working on me, okay? It's not a perfect process, but it, he's working. Anger issues, rage issues, 
Y'all step there and look at me like I'm crazy. I know what it's like when somebody pulls out in front of you on the road and you're about to lose your mind. Y'all can look holy, but I know. I'll be sitting in the parking lot just watching y'all drive by and somebody pulls out in front of you. I saw those words fly out your mouth. And I, then I wanted to go to that parking lot where you just parked and rip that forward sticker off the back of your car. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but doubt, doubt and depression. Did you know there are Christians that battle with doubt and depression? It's a stronghold. There are Christians that battle fear and anxiety. There are Christians that battle self-confidence. If the enemy can cause you to believe that your life doesn't count and that you're not, you could never make a difference, God could never use you, it's called self-confidence. If you don't have that, you will never step out and do the things that God is requiring and wants to do through you. These are just, these are, these are strongholds that the enemy has put on us. I, most of these, yeah, I could check every one of those. At some point, or if not now, or frequently, they come back to visit. I myself have struggled with these things. And it's a stronghold that the enemy has put on us that we were never meant to carry. Never meant to carry. Tonight, I want to speak to you for just a few moments from the subject. Saved, last week was saved, but not set free. Tonight is saved, but under the influence so, so, so we can be saved and not set free, and we can also be saved and under the influence. Don't let your minds wander. I'm not talking about drunkenness, but you can be under the influence. And the reason that I felt like we need to talk about this is because in Hosea 4, 6, it's not going to be on the screen, but the word of God says, my people are destroyed. For lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge of what? Lack of knowledge of the word of God. We are destroyed before we ever get to the battlefield because we don't know the rules of engagement. Okay? We don't know the rules of engagement. That's why we come and we study God's word so that we can understand what are the tools that I need to fight this battle. How do I break through this stronghold? How do I get that to be released off of my life? Having a lack of knowledge will prevent you and I from getting and becoming all that God wants us to be. Lack of knowledge. It's time to see some people walk, not some, it's time for us to see every believer walk in victory. How many believe that? We need to walk victorious. As I look around and I go through life, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of Christians that ask this question. I I don't really understand why I haven't got that promotion. Have you checked your face? Talking about joy. We, we, we read the things last week in Galatians about the, 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 um, the fruits that the Holy Spirit brings. Peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, all those things, gentleness. And we wonder why we haven't, got, we haven't gotten the promotion or we, or we, we got the, 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 the boss man. I don't know why I'm having a hard time with these words because it's in here. Y'all just have to figure it out with me. But the boss man can't see that I, I, should, I should be able to do this. I'm capable of doing this. Perhaps there's... The favor of God isn't on your life because he, he, the Holy Spirit's not producing fruit in your life. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's people who are praying for favor, but yet you're in bondage. You're bound. There's people who are praying, God, I need a breakthrough in my finances, but you haven't trusted him with the 10%. Therefore, the word of God says you're cursed. So you can pray all day long, God, I'm believing for this, and God, I need you to do this for me, but he can't touch a curse. That's a choice that I've made. I'm going to step off that finances thing. I, it just, but it's so true. It's, it has nothing to do with the money, but it has everything to do with what is, what is preventing me from being and having all that God wants me to have. 
I've got to be obedient to his word. Amen? So I'm going to make a couple statements tonight in the last few moments that we have. And the first one, there was a survey done not too long ago that said 59% of people in the church, the body of Christ, will disagree with this statement. And this is what it is. Ready? It's real heavy. There really is, and there really are, demons. 59% of the church doesn't even believe or accept that, they're, that they are real. Now, about right now, somebody's going, Oh, my God, he's talking about devils. I knew I shouldn't have brought my first-time guest tonight. I just wish he'd tell funny stories about him and his wife so we can just go home. But then on the other side, you got that person. Go get him, Brother Bradley. Now we're getting into good stuff. Talk about them devils. If either one of those are you, let's meet in the middle, okay? Because the devil, the, devil, the devil likes the skeptic, and he also likes the superstitious. See, the skeptic says, says, stop talking about the devils. I don't believe in that. I believe in angels. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. And I believe in heaven. But I don't believe in hell and all them demons and stuff. That's the skeptic. Then the superstitious, they're the ones that find devils in every corner. You know, they don't want to go through the, go through the, y'all, y'all, <clears throat> they don't want to go through all the carts at Walmart and goes, I think there's a devil on that one and that one. This one is sanctified before the Lord. I can push this one through. And then that, that squeaky wheel starts going. Y'all know what I'm talking about, that squeaky wheel in Walmart. You're like, I knew the devil was in this cart. That's the superstitious. But, but, but it's true. We blame everything on the devil. We run out of gas going to Gainesville. We blame it on the devil. And the devil's going, hey, God, I do a lot of stuff, but I didn't do that. Stop blaming the devil for something you had control over. Running out of gas trying to blame it on the devil. Devil can't do everything. It ain't all the devil's fault. Somebody, man, that preacher's taking up for the devil. No, I'm trying to get you to understand there's some things you got to take accountability for. But there's also some things that we need to understand and take accountability for. That there is a devil. There is an enemy who wants to see you not succeed. He wants to see you and I bound and held back from all that God wants us to have. Satan's biggest trick is to convince you and I that he doesn't exist. That's that's his master plan. If he can just convince us that he doesn't even exist. Why? Why? Because you won't fight what you don't believe is there. You won't go to war with something that you don't believe is actually fighting against your marriage. Sure, there are personality conflicts in marriage. You see mine and Amy's all the time. (laughs) There are conflicts. But the enemy will also use our personalities to push the buttons in that other party. And see... For married couples, we have to understand that marriage on its own is hard. But when you've got somebody else, the enemy, who does exist, that's trying to pull against you, that makes you want to come together even more to go, no, 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 no. You can't have this. Okay? You've got to understand that the enemy is real and he's out to destroy your life. The greatest lie ever told is that the devil is not real. He's real, and he comes like a thief. The Bible tells us that. He comes in like a thief. Funny story. Y'all know those little Cadbury eggs? When I was growing up, they were the big eggs with the, with the creamy, looked like a real egg on the inside chocolate. But now they got these little bitty ones that Amy likes. 
I don't know if they didn't produce them this year at, at Easter because I didn't see any laying around the house. And I know how she loves Cadbury eggs. She loves Cadbury eggs like I love Krispy Kreme donuts. Okay. But last Easter, I remember her going to Walmart, getting them, and putting them right by the sink, by the little wall where her stash goes. And I remember her leaving and saying, make sure nothing happens to these. What she really was trying to say is make sure Ansley Grace, because I don't really like them. So I made her believe. And so she, her, she was like, let Ansley Grace make sure she knows these are mommies. See, daddy's got a, I got a, I have a stash. I have a hiding place. And one day Ansley found it and she was like, this is two stories by the way. And Ansley was like, oh daddy, you're trying to be so slick. Think I wouldn't see those up there. Had it turned around backwards like I wouldn't see what it was. But anyway, that was another story. But so then, so then to, last year, a- Amy, Amy was telling me about the Cadbury eggs. She goes to school. Ansley goes to school. And I got a sweet tooth. And y'all know how I'm trying to work on my figure. I ate half the bag. And, and mama comes home, you know, after being with wonderful, lovey kids. And she's like, what happened to my eggs? <laughs> and I just looked in the other room towards Ansley's room. Knowing that I was guilty as charged. I was guilty. I was guilty. See, what she didn't know was she gave access. True story, by the way. But she gave access to the thief. And she didn't even know it. That's why I was like, did Cadbury not come out with eggs this Easter? I, I never saw a bag in my house. No, Mama got smart. But see, but see, we do the same thing. We give the enemy, the thief, access to something that never belonged to him. It belongs to me. But guess how he got it? I gave him access. You know how, why I gave him access? Because I didn't even know he was there. Didn't even know he existed. That's the picture of most Christians in the church. They're turning over their marriages. They're turning over their, their dreams and all these things to the enemy that they don't, because they don't even know he exists. They're not like he's like Miss Ruth is the enemy and going, here, I'm going to give you this. No, they're just, just throwing stuff out there. And the enemy goes, I'll take that right there. Thank you, sir. So, so we've got, somebody said, oh, I don't understand why we're putting such an emphasis on the devil. I thought we were supposed to be pointing to Jesus. We are. Wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. You got to know, you know how to beat the enemy? You beat him at his own game. The thief's greatest secret is that you don't know he's a thief. <laughs> as a matter of fact, you don't even know there's a thief until stuff comes up missing. Think about that in your own life. Just do an inventory. How, how, do, I, how do I know if the thief is stealing from me? Well, what's missing from your life? What are those items? Give them to me, baby doll. That's right there on the screen. Love, joy, peace. What are the items that, the, that, that we read last week in Galatians that said the Holy Spirit, not me. I can't produce any of this. Even though many of us try to work to produce love, we try in our marriage, we, we try to, so hard. Guys, we don't have to work that hard. If we just allow the Holy Spirit into our marriage, he produces the love. Well, I just can't get along with her. If you'll get along with God, he'll produce the joy and the peace in your marriage and the patience and the kindness and the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness and self-control. If any of those items are missing from your DNA, the thief has stolen them. I'm not going to ask you, but if any of those items are missing from your DNA are missing from your everyday life or maybe you struggle in those areas, there's a thief in the house. Time to get rid of them. Time to get rid of them. All of these things should exist. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, 
Verse 8 says this, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What's it saying? Basically this, two words. Wake up! I put hashtag stay woke. Stay woke. See, if you stay woke, you never have to worry about the enemy coming in and you got to wake yourself up and shake yourself if you stay woke. (laughs) Stay woke. So the first point we said was there really are demons. The second one is this. You and I, we can be under the influence of a devil, of a demon. I know, this is uncomfortable in churches. It feels weird. But it's because we avoid the weirdness that the enemy is slaughtering our homes and our kids and our marriages and our dreams and our hopes. The enemy is having a heyday with all these areas because we don't want to put the focus on he really does exist. How do I know what to fight against if I don't even believe or even recognize? Maybe I believe it. Sure, there's a devil and you cast him out of heaven but guess what? He's here on earth tormenting you and I. So we've got we to be focused on who the enemy is and what his objective is, and that is to destroy your life and my life. We can be under the influence. The challenge comes in is that Hollywood has created this crazy idea of what that looks like. So what we say is, well, I know you've got that family member or that loved one, you see him once a year at Christmas and you're like, yeah, that he probably could be demon-possessed. But the reason we don't look at it that way or that we don't see the enemy trying to be used by, and God, excuse me, the enemy can use another person in the body of Christ if they're under the influence. God, the, <laughs> the enemy can use them to try to get to you. But see, where we fail is if it doesn't look like the the way Hollywood is painting the picture, where they levitate in the bed and head spinning around, can any of that stuff happen? I I believe that it can. But just because it's not happening that way doesn't mean that person isn't being influenced by the enemy. Okay? What am I saying? Be aware. Stay woke. Okay? That was crazy that I wrote that down, but I really think that's how we... Stay woke. Because the enemy, enemy, enemy's coming. He's coming. The problem becomes then that you don't recognize when he starts influencing your life. If we don't see him coming or, 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 or know that the attack is coming, we, don't, we will never truly see how or when he is influencing our life. See, the thing about demon possession is this. If you break that word down, demon possession doesn't mean ownership. It means influence. Example, a good man, a good man who has a drink or drinks too much alcohol will do something dumb. Would you agree? Don't nobody point at nobody around the room, but it's true, okay? Does that mean that that good guy is no longer good? No, just means that he was what? Under the influence. The alcohol doesn't own him, but but it has influenced him. Same Same thing with demons, Same thing with the enemy. This is how you and I can find ourselves in situations and look back and go, that wasn't me. Ever ever been there? Like where you lost your mind? Went crazy? Just went crunk on somebody? And you look back and go, man, 
I was a real, I was, I can't use that word, but I was a real jerk. That wasn't me. It wasn't. You know what it was? You were under the influence. See, the enemy will use. See, we, see, we think it's a pitchfork and pointy ears and a tail. It can actually be somebody that comes in with a Bible, sings a song, leads a prayer group. Any of us are subject to being influenced by the enemy. Amen? It's true. It's true. I know this is a little different. But if we, it's a different message, but you got to see this because in, until we recognize there is an enemy and he is after, to dest- he's after your soul and to destroy you, we can never receive a breakthrough in any of these areas of our life if we don't know who's coming at us. So how do we recognize when the enemy is at work? Ephesians chapter 4, throw it up there because that's not in my, I'm going to put it up here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27 says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. What is it saying? Be angry. That's not a sin. But then work it out. Work it out. I learned that early on in our marriage. Well, (laughs) I didn't learn it. I just refused to recognize it. Oh, I wanted to be mad and I wanted to be angry, but I didn't want to talk about it. I go out and pout and do my thing and she do the same thing. How many knows you don't get anything accomplished like that? See, and I told Amy tonight, I said, baby, did you know that we, we really have a perfect marriage? I know you're like, huh, right. No, it's true. You know what makes up a perfect marriage? When we recognize and acknowledge that neither one of us are perfect. That's a perfect marriage. It's true. When you recognize and then acknowledge, I'm not perfect, she's not perfect, that makes a perfect marriage. Because we understand that she's going to let me down, and I'm going to let her down. I'm going to disappoint, she's going to disappoint. But guess what? We keep moving forward towards the goal of what God has for our lives and our family. Same is true for you. Why you got to bring that up tonight? (laughs) For those that are listening by podcast, she wanted to bring up a time where I was going to Disney World and made her ride that ride. Anyway, the Bible says that all sin is covered under the blood and we shouldn't talk about it anymore. (laughs) That's why we got a perfect marriage. But see... But what happens if we don't deal with the anger, it will lead to resentment, and resentment leads to bitterness, and bitterness leads to unforgiveness. Hold on. And now I'm entertaining a spirit of unforgiveness. Now I'm entertaining a spirit of unforgiveness. I wrote this down. When we begin entertaining and welcoming in the very spirit whose sole mission was to come in and to destroy us before too long... I become the entertainment. I become entertainment for the enemy because now he's got me spinning around and doing all kinds of stupid stuff. Hello, church. And in, and in the moment when I least expect it, my life is destroyed because I then began entertaining a spirit of unforgiveness. Listen, unforgiveness is a thief and it will steal things from you that belong to you. Why is this so important? Let's go to Hebrews 12, 15. I know I'm, I'm rolling fast. Just write these down. You can look at them later. So to it that, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. I love this. Let me read that again. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled. When I get bitter... I begin to entertain the spirit of un, 
forgiveness. Matthew, let's go to Matthew. Matthew 6, 14 says this. For if you forgive others... Oh, hold on. Let me go back. I, I wanted to say something. Bring up that other verse, baby. Go back. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Somebody says, what are you talking about? That blew me away. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace. Did you know that you can, you can fail to obtain grace? The grace that is... But wait, I thought grace was freely given. Oh, yeah, but... But it won't come to you if you have a spirit of unforgiveness. That's why it's important that we don't hold grudges and that we don't hold things in. Because his grace, it says it right there. See to it that no one fails to obtain grace. That no root of bitterness springs up. And this is the part that got me. Because it causes trouble and by it many become defiled. Not just the person, but those around you become defiled because you have a spirit of unforgiveness. It's important. It's important. Matthew chapter 6. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. We're talking about how to be set free. Forgiveness. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, because of bitterness, unforgiveness is now blocking me from grace. Let me say something about forgiveness. And then I'll move to the close. Forgiveness doesn't mean that I exonerate you. It just means that I refuse to to, to tote this around for the rest of my life. Somebody. It doesn't mean I exonerate you. It just means I've chosen and made a decision that I'm not going to let that thing that was done wrong to me that maybe wasn't even my fault. I'm not going to allow it to hang me up and keep me stuck for the rest of my life. Remember, we're talking about you can be saved and stuck. You can be saved and under the influence. But but I love Jesus and I pay my tithe and I sing and I do all and I help clean the church and I I do all this stuff that, that God requires of me. But you got the root of bitterness because you haven't forgiven that person. It's important that you understand that you can be under the influence. See, unforgiveness, doesn't matter if it's a small big, small or a big issue, will show up and pollute all other areas of your life. Listen, if I have an issue with a past relationship or a failed marriage from my past, if I have an issue with that and I have unforgiveness, I'm talking about me, if I have an issue with that, how in the, and I have unforgiveness, how can I expect the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit of love, which we saw earlier? How can I expect Him to produce love in me in my current relationship if I'm still holding on to something from a long time ago? It pollutes it. You can, you can, I can sit over here and try to spin and make this work, but how many knows that I'm trying to do it on my... He can't help me because I'm cursed because I, 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 I haven't let go. I'm being influenced by the enemy. And it shows up in all. If I have unforgiveness, which then turns into bitterness, don't nobody want to be around a bitter person. You can see them. Like, don't nobody got time for that. Under the influence. Saved but not set free. Saved but under the influence. So, so what, would, what would it do to help? Some of us need, just need to change some habits. 
Listen, I'm coming to a close. Some of us need to, just need to change some habits. Maybe we just need to change how we think, how we live, how we act. So the old me doesn't have access to the new me. Sure, the Bible says old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. But I'm not completely new if I'm still holding on to this. I don't know what your this is. I don't understand why we're even talking about this tonight. So that you can walk in victory and be set free. Instead of the enemy banging us around on the back of the head, it's time to let him know what's being, what's be, what's being set up for him. It's no longer us taking a beating against the enemy. It's time for us to do something back to him. He's already been defeated. I really don't even need to waste my time or energy on him. Just let him know, I'm not accepting this. I'm releasing this. Unforgiveness, this bitterness, this issue, I'm releasing this. Notice I said releasing it. It's not even really that it had a hold of me. I had a hold of it, and I wouldn't release it. No, but the devil's got a hold of me. No, baby, if we could really split back the the spiritual realm and go, you've got a hold of the devil and won't let go. Again, he's saying, God, I'm not even doing anything. But too many Christians are holding on. I can't let it go. You want to walk in victory? You got to let it go. When you get a new house, I'm done. When you get a new house... They hand you over a set of keys. Why do they do that? Because they change the lock. Why do they change the lock? So the old owners don't have access to your new house. Same thing with your spiritual life. Some of you here tonight need to start taking back some keys from some people. We've just been handing out keys to our life. This is the temple. This is the house. When you got a new house, they gave you a new set of keys so the old owner can't come into your house. I'll tell you how Bradley rolled. We got a new house. I changed all the locks. I didn't care what they said because I wanted to make sure that nobody have keys to my house but me. I didn't want it while I'm asleep in a vulnerable moment. I didn't want the enemy or enemies, people with bang bangs, shoot them up guns, coming into my house. So, so for us, we need to start taking back some keys that we've given to people. Access to our lives and to our home. I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I think I'm speaking to some people tonight. You need, to, you need to take back some keys that you've given the old you. You've given people that were from the old you access to where God is trying to take you. And you, they, you can't get there because the thief keeps coming in and stealing from you. Stealing love. Stealing joy. Stealing patience. Stealing kindness. Stealing self-control. It's time for us to take back. Anybody here tonight just want to say, you know what? I, I think Dad even said something about it. We got we to gotta take back some relationships. We got to take back some friendships. You know who holds the keys? They may hold them, but, but you have permission and the authority to take those back and go, this is my life. And if you were causing me, when me helping you hurts me, I ain't helping no more. So if people, people are damming up what God is trying to let flow through you, it's time for you to let them go. If that's you tonight.
I just have you stand all over this room. If, if it's you tonight. It says, I've given people permission. And they keep trying to knock on the door and walk into what my, my now. Not who I used to be, but who I am now. God wants freedom. He wants, he wants you to walk in freedom. Let it go. Whatever person, thing, whatever it is, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. He wants you to walk in victory in your home. See, when you know, when you know the enemy is trying to cause division... See, that's the thing about Amy. See, Amy and I, we know the enemies. He's going to do whatever he can. Kids, people, church, ministry. He always uses the most innocent things to get to us the most. But when we know that he's coming at us, I'm looking for him. Don't ever let the enemy come in. Allie, he wants to see, he wants to see you walk in victory. Completely set free. So those things that let them go, let them go, let them go. He's given He's given you the power to say, "Let it go." Let it go. I'm just saying simple words because that's all He's saying is, "Let it go." Your heavenly Father from heaven is saying, "Let it go." God, God has so much more in store. But there's some things that we got to let go. Let it go. You already know. Let it go. Let it go. Don't, 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 don't middle through it and, and take, well, I might need to hold on to this one a little bit longer because this one's a little deeper. No, 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 no. Let it all go. The life that God has for us is so much greater, but we're trying to pollute it with all kinds of other stuff. And that's what the enemy wants us to do because there's no room for what God can do through us. Let it go. Let it go. That's all he said. Let it go. Whatever, let it go. Take, take it back. It's your life. You take it back. He's so proud of where you are. He's so proud of the, of the headway that you're making it. In your walk with Christ. So don't let those little things, don't let those trip, don't let, don't let them, don't let them hold you back. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Whatever it is, let it go. Only you can do it. And the best part is you're not alone. He walks with let it go. Don't hold on to it. Let it go. Let it go. But I don't understand. Let that go too. Let it go. Say that with me. Say, I let it go. Say it. Huh? I let it go.
I let it go. I let it go. You take back the keys. Let it go. But you take back the keys. Don't be, don't be handing out keys just to anybody. That's for all of us. But see, there's something precious and valuable inside of you. And see, the enemy would do whatever. He's a thief. To come in and steal and rob. Let it go. 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 It's not, it's not Pastor B's voice. It's, it's, the, it's the Holy Spirit of God saying, let it go. 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 Can we together as a church just say, let it go? Say, I let it go. I let it go. I give it to you. And for those of us that maybe didn't have to stand right now, oh, you're, you're going to have an opportunity at some point to say, God, every day, every day, we have the opportunity to pick stuff up or allow stuff in. And when you do, because we all will, when you do, quickly say, God, I let that go. Why? Because we just heard the enemy is a thief and all he wants to do is rob from you and steal from you. Let it go. Let it go. May it be a quick transaction. I'm done. Kelly, I want you to come pray for us. May it be a quick transaction. The enemy's all the time going to put stuff in your hand that looks good. That, that, that you, that, oh, man, I, I, I've been wanting this. I've got to have this and, and this person and this relationship. And I've got to have all this. When you, when you find out that it wasn't what you needed, quick transaction. God, I, I let it go. Don't allow anything to stick around in you that, that the enemy will use to, to rob from you. Okay, you got that? How many still love me after keeping you 17 minutes after 8? But this is important. People's lives are in the balance. People's dreams are in the balance. The enemy's got people on lockdown. That God can't, he's chosen us. Crazy, imperfect people. Got all kinds of dysfunctions. And he's choosing and, re, and, and desires to use us to change our city. But guess what? The enemy knows that too. So if he can keep us on lockdown and keep us in this jilted relationship and this jacked up circumstances, if he can keep all this stuff mixed up in our minds all tormented because life is crazy, we will never go after what God wants for us. To that I say, stay woke. Stay flipping woke. Stay woke. Be alert. We heard that tonight. I love you. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. 
One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.